and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of your favorite Prime Ministerial Candidate's favorite football podcast. You know who mine is. You know who Joe's is. I'm joined, obviously, by my illustrious producer, Joe Teeson. How's it going, Joe? Not good. Not good. Uh-oh. No, I hate elections. <laughs> okay. I'm just sad about it. Yeah, you're stressed about and, it. Um, but no, it's good. Yeah. You're, uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, for those Americans, um, it's the Canadian election tonight. Tonight is it's happening. Monday the 20th. The record, when we're recording this, this is obviously going up on Wednesday morning, but we're recording this on Monday night. Uh, and we are in the process of going through an election that was called by our fearless leader in the midst of an unsolved pandemic. Shout goes out to Justin. Love you. Um, hope everything goes well. Uh, but no, uh, all joking aside, we're not going to get political. I just needed somebody to, s- to say at the beginning of the pod. And I figured it was good to have that because it's kind of a thing. Yeah, it's like yeah. with the kind of like this, you know. It's what's going get on. with the times. Yeah. What's it's episode on? 69 today. No. And in honor of that. Nice. 69 years ago today, the Allies mm. launched a massive Normandy invasion on D-Day. Are you serious? Yes. Today was D-Day? 69 years ago today. 69. That's not true. G- no, D-Day, was, D-Day was in July. That was on June 6, 2000. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was going to say. G- uh, pretty... I just looked at the date on the headline of the news article that I screenshotted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, on the day you're listening to this, on September 22nd, the Wednesday, the day that this releases. Very good. Um, in 1692, the last people were hanged for witchcraft. There were eight of them in the U.S. <laughs> 19 were hanged overall, with six other deaths during the Salem witch trials. The Salem witch trials were on on this day when how this do you podcast feel, was released. How do you feel that way back when in the 1600s, almost 1700s, you could be hanged and burned uh, for being a witch? But nowadays, witchcraft is borderline a sexual preference. Okay. Well, I didn't know that. I didn't know that about. Th- I I don't know what you're into. Um. <laughs> what do you What do you mean? How am I supposed? To, what How do I feel about? Th- I don't feel about that. That's not something I've ever thought. I've ever felt. About. Twenty years ago, on this day, in an address to a joint session of Congress and but, the American but, people, the U.S. President George W. Bush. For those of you that are listening, he's not even reading. He's just declares he's just staring a war dead in my on eyes terror. Saying this. He de- George W. Bush uh, declares declare a, a war on terror. Oh yeah, because this was a few days. Uh, this was a few days after 9/11. Yep. Oh, it was 11 days. This is on the 22nd again. Still. This is today. Today on the 20th. Yep. Today on the 20th. So that would have been nine days. Yep. After and 9/11. Today, we're getting heavy. 1984, the Cosby Show premieres on NBC TV. Wow, even that is tainted. Everything, everything about this day sucks. Cosby Show seemed like it would be the one thing. By the way, Bill Cosby not in prison anymore. I know he's out. Yeah. What did he do, anyways? You don't know what he did? Did he rape people? Yeah. No, he did. Shoot. He drugged and raped them. Yeah. Oh. Um. Well, in 451, Roman general Flavius Adius um, <laughs> defeats Attila in the Hun. Uh, sorry, Attila the Hun at the Battle of the Catluanan uh, Plains in Calus Normarne, a uh, halting Hun invasion of Roman Gaul. There's, uh, I think, literally 75% of the things you just said in that sentence. 75% of the words I did not understand. Also, in more recent events, this, on this day, 2019, 
Students from 185 countries staged the world's largest ever protest on climate change, culminating in Manhattan rallied by, rally led by none other than Greta Thunberg. Wow, and they fixed it. They fixed it. That was the day that climate change was fixed. Yep. So, I cannot uh, believe it. Today, in 2019, Greta Thunberg, Thunberg. Thunberg and her friends <laughs> solved climate change. We did it. What a good day. You what know, it was day. really looking bad there with the whole, well, I guess D-Day wasn't really on this day, and then the war on terror. Yeah, that was my bad. And then the Bill Cosby thing, um, and then whatever that last thing was that you said. It didn't sound good. Um, and then, But things really started looking up. A couple of years ago on this day when we solved climate change. Yeah. And yeah. that little girl yeah. was just yeah. doing her thing. She won a prize. Yeah. Which one? The Nobel Peace Prize? The Nobel Prize? I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Seems I don't know. Right. She she did win something though. People are very mean to that girl. I know. She's just a girl. How yeah. old is she? She's That's pretty a, young, eh? Yeah. She I think she's like what, eleven, twelve? No, she's older than that, I think. No. Okay, sixteen? I don't know. Something. I don't know. Either way, it's a girl. You know? Yeah, dude. People are so rude to that girl. She's got a passion. It's about uh, our climate and the environment. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's got Asperger's. Yeah. And watch again. No matter. Okay. I feel like this is such an important. <laughs> this is such an important thing to say. No matter what you think, uh, what your opinions are on something, you can totally agree, disagree with, uh, you know, uh, her. Mm-hmm. It's a don't be mean to a child. Don't be mean to anybody. Yeah, that's but a don't good... Be, yeah, don't be mean to a, a child. Yeah, you know? a child especially. Like, she's a she's a child. Don't exploit children either. Yes, also... You know, Rest in peace, David Ramsey. Dave, no, Mason Ramsey. Mason Ramsey. Mason Ramsey, and he's not dead. But they really killed him. No, they yeah, he killed his whole vibe. Yep. For those of you that don't know, Mason, that kid Mason Ramsey is the oh, Walmart man. singing kid. That kid could sing. And I don't know what I mean. Yeah. This is not the first time we've talked about him on the podcast. No. Either. We've talked about him being exploited as a child as well. Yeah, he was absolutely exploited. So, And you can argue that Greta was as well. But, yeah, no, I think the more tragic one is definitely Mason Ramsey. That kid could really sing. Yeah. Uh, and he had a real passion for, he wanted to sing on the Grand Ole Opry. He got to sing on the Grand Ole Opry thanks to... Uh, Thanks to Ellen. And there's another person that's canceled. Man, we're just really hitting all the What did bases. she do? She's just mean, right? Yeah, she's just rude, I think. I always kind of got that vibe from her anyways. Yeah, well, I think you get that vibe from anybody of influence ever. It's like, I don't know. It's like everybody's canceling her because she's a boss and she's mean to people. It's like, that's what boss, like a lot of bosses are like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of bosses in the world. I think, um, what's his name? Tosh. Steven, Steven? Tosh.0. What's the guy? His name is Daniel Tosh. Daniel Tosh. He had a little bit on that. Oh, yeah. It was very funny. Yeah, th- yeah I think that's kind of what he said along those lines. I, yeah. think, I think that might have been where she I got She was being a from. boss. <laughs> yeah, she was just being a mean boss. And it's like, there's a lot of them. Yep. And she that's, is a boss. She yeah. runs her own thing. Yeah. Yeah. But she's a girl boss. So. She's a girl boss. So, uh, By the way, this is the Average Joe Football Show. We do talk football at some point. We're going to bring on Mike for his third episode. We're going to talk week two of the NFL season. We do talk football and all those great things. But I like to start every show off with a little bit of banter with my good buddy, Joe. Uh, Joe, how you like? How you been? Like, well, I, I guess you said you were terrible at the beginning of the show. but like, You're all stressed. 
Yeah. Yeah, I get, I get stressed around this time. The election time? Yeah. Also, unpopular opinion. I don't think Canadians should be able to vote at 18. <laughs> I don't think anybody should be able to vote at 18. Mm. I I don't know if I totally agree with... Agree or disagree? I, I think 18 is fine. I hear there are people that want the voting age to be lowered. That's uh, ridiculous. That's a thing that I've seen. And that I'm like, are you dumb? Think about if you're... And this, a lot of them are young people, I think, but like... Young people are dumb. Yeah, when you're 18, you're still in high school. Yeah, yeah. High school students are not smart. No, and and listen, don't get me wrong. There Sorry, are, that sounds really. There bad. are full-grown adults <laughs> that are also dumb. You and I, for example, not the smartest guys mm-hmm. in the world, and we're grown. Yeah. But but, I like to think that people do get smarter as they get older, uh, and you know, well, and voting at even, 16, yeah. you shouldn't even be able to drive at 16. <laughs> Like, when I say, listen, I said all high school students are dumb. What I meant by that is that I'm also dumb. Yeah, no. I don't even think I should be able to vote yet. Because <laughs> I don't know nearly enough about the world. Yeah. Listen, I'm married, and I got a kid on the way, and I live in my own apartment. I pay my rent. Yeah. Um, I pay my taxes. I don't even know what taxes are. Yeah, taxes confu- are confusing. There's a so, lot of them, and you got to pay them, but they don't tell you how much you need to pay, but they know exactly how much you need to pay. And you'll go to prison if you don't pay them. Yep. Um, yeah, taxes are confusing. A lot of things confuse me as well. Uh, and that is kind of crazy to think that you don't even have to know what you're doing to vote. You can just go and vote. Yeah, as long as you have your ID on you. Yeah, which, <laughs> don't even get me started on that. Um, just kidding. Uh, yeah. High schools, high schoolers are all stupid. I will say that. Yeah. Even the ones that think they're smart. Even the ones that are book smart. You don't know. And I'm even still stupid. Very stupid. So unexperienced in life. Like, people are always like, how come all the pre- presidents and prime ministers are, like, six in their 60s? They're, like, six-year-old, like, white men. And it's, like, the white thing, I can't really defend that at all. But people, you need experience yeah. in life. And that's, like, like people are like, Especially oh, if you, wanna run you should get country. more 23-year-olds uh, running the country. It's like, no, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. They have no idea what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like... What are you t- like? You have to have life experiences, yeah. And people don't understand how important that is anymore. And the lack of respect for, uh, like our el- elderly. elders. I hate that. I don't want to sound like an old fart, you know, in my rocking chair. But the lack of respect for like experience and in in wisdom, and wisdom. It's, it's, that's the word I was. It comes down for. to wisdom. It's not really even about being smart. It's about being wise. It's yeah. about that. You know, yeah. the wisdom that comes with with you know getting old and having just life experience i guess and that's not to say that all 60 year olds are smart there's a lot of dumb ones out there yeah majority of them probably are but (laughs) majority of people are dumb but i think you get smarter as you get older i hope you get smarter as you get older because i honestly can't afford to get to go the other way at this (laughs) point i can't afford to go backwards no i can't do it i am i am not in a in a place to go in the wrong direction so yeah, good intro, man. I, Thanks, man. I Sorry, I feel good. like every time I, you always ask me like, "Hey, you got anything you want to talk about at the top of the show?" Yeah. And I always say, I usually say no. Yeah. I feel like every time I do, it just becomes something like this. Yeah, no. Like, it's not a, funny. No, it's it was um, good. I don't think that's for us to judge. Okay. I think it's for the listeners to judge if it was funny or not. Just yeah. know that that's all that you have. That's the that's your only really job on this podcast is to be the comedic relief so no pressure yeah. no as yeah. far as that goes yeah 
But I thought it was good. I thought we did all right. Let's talk about fantasy real quick. Okay. All right. Let's do it. I don't. I would prefer if we didn't, but I'm well, into. I'm into. I want to because I want to. I want because you were, you were saying you did pretty good this week, or no? Well, I I won in my one league that I'm not as high on keeping it, uh, paying attention to, but in my league that I'm in with you, I'm I'm starting zero and two. So unless Aaron Rodgers has an unbelievable day today. And Aaron Jones and DeAndre Swift missed the bus to the game. So <laughs> oh, I had a really bad joke about uh, Devontae Adams today. So yeah. I won't say it, but no, yeah, you shouldn't. Um, you basically just insinuated you didn't want him to show up to the game, but it was worse than missing the bus. Yeah. Um. um anyways, I'm up. I'm I'm winning my second game. Okay. So far, so mm-hmm. I'm so far like I'm one zero, but I mean I mean I'm t- uh, yeah. So it's in progress, basically. Yeah. Whenever De- Devonta Adams plays, which is I'm tonight. assuming is tonight, yeah. Um, so we'll find out by the end of the night, I guess. But uh, I'm right now. I'm currently uh, uh, like 17 to 18 points ahead. Okay. So he's got to score that many points. And listen, he very well could. He is, you know, and that's 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 one you got to keep an eye on because that could very well happen. Um. Ah, that sucks, <laughs> yeah, right? I, I like it would have to be a really good day from him, and uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'll keep an eye on that one. As far as yeah, I'm down by like thirty. I have Aaron Rodgers. My opponent has DeAndre Swift and Aaron Jones. So I'm gonna start zero two, and I've got to say that my fantasy uh, life has been pretty terrible to start off this season in in my one league. In my other league, I'm almost two and zero, depending on if things go really bad tonight. But I will most likely be two and zero. I'm zero and two in this league, and last last weekend I talked about how Aaron Rodgers got me one point at the quarterback position. So what do I do this week? I needed a receiver really bad, so I traded Matthew Stafford for Tua and Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin played pretty well. Um, Tua got hurt, and we'll talk about that later when we talk football. And what's worse than one point? How about half a point from a quarterback? <laughs> That's exactly what I got this week. Point from, five points from your boy from boy. from Tua Niga Manapola Tongo Vailoa. Watch your mouth with the broken ribs. Yeah, it's very dangerous. He has a broken rib. Yeah. Well, no, I think the MRI was fine, but he hurt his ribs in the game. We'll get into that when we talk football later. But Joe, unless you have any more fantasy talk, you want to bring up? No, I'm good. I think I'm, I'm just I'm, winning. I'm thinking I'm cutting you off. That's good. I think we've gone on long enough here. That's fine. Let's bring Mike into the show. What do you say? I'm saying that's a good idea. Very good. So we made it through week one, all the overreactions in week one. And now we get to week two, and we can overreact the exact opposite way. I'm joined once again by my good friend Mike. Uh how's it going, Mike? Joe, it is it is good. You know, today is definitely a better day than uh than yesterday and the days before. I've had quite the the rough week and weekend, but we're on a new week and I'm ready to I'm ready to tackle some overreactions and some uh recaps of week two. Yeah, man. I'm I'm excited. It's been it was also a very busy weekend for me. I I, I had a tough time watching football, but I had to do a ton of catching up before we recorded this episode here on Monday night, but week two was insane. This whole NFL season so far has been insane. Like, like I, I genuinely feel like I cannot get a read on so many NFL teams. I don't know where they stand, uh, where they, you know, 
if the NFL season ended today, you know, where would they stand? I have no, I have, uh, I have no idea, but I, I think you have an interesting tidbit on, on, on that exact point. Joe, it's funny that you bring that up. I was actually looking over something and if the NFL season ended today, get this in the AFC, here is the seating um, of the playoff bracket. We got Raiders number one, uh, Ravens two seed, Bills three seed, Texans four seed, Broncos five seed, Steelers six seed, Dolphins seven seed. All right. There's no Chiefs, no Patriots. Uh-huh. I don't see the Titans. You know, some <laughs> of the, the Chargers, you know, some of these other teams we were yeah, thinking. That's On the NFC side, we got the Niners, Panthers, football team, oh. Bears, Cardinals, Bucks and Rams. I like, love the, the Panthers as a two seed. That's hilarious. And in the number one seed in the AFC right now is the is the Las Vegas Raiders. That's incredible. Yeah, um, yeah. That it, it's insane. It's just kind of a a funny thing. So yeah. I know we're only two week or yeah two weeks in, but I was like, you know what? That'd be quite hilarious if this is yeah. how it shaped up. That, I think that just that puts into perspective uh, how much we overreact because you know if you really think about it. In the end of the season, will the Las Vegas Raiders be the number one seed in the AFC? I would bet a pretty good amount of money that they probably won't be the number one seed. Will the Carolina Panthers be the number two seed in the NFC? Uh, you know, again, I would I would be willing to bet a good amount of money. That's probably not going to happen. But that's the NFL. It's a week-to-week business. Uh, overreaction. That's, that's the thing. You only play one game per week in the NFL. There's one game. It's not like the NBA. You don't have a back-to-back. You don't have, uh, you know, if if you lose a hard game, there's not a back-to-back game to, to, to make yourself feel better the next day or within the next two days. Uh, if you lose a game or you win a game, you have an entire week to, to react and to overreact and to underreact and to, and to, you know, the sky is falling or we're Super Bowl champions. You know, there's there's just, there's a whole week to think about it. And I think that kind of, that that's what, that's what makes the NFL fun. It's what makes the NFL fun to talk about. But through... Two weeks, we've seen uh, a ton uh, of of weird uh, outcomes, and and we'll get into some of our picks later. Uh, obviously, we picked games last week, and we're gonna pick the games this week. It's been really tough to get a read on some of these teams in the NFL. I've I've honestly really struggled and I've been very frustrated because no matter who I pick, it seems like they lose. That's how it is every year when I do some kind of pick them league, and this year's no different. I mean. Some of these teams, you're like, oh no, guaranteed win. They get it's an upset, you know. No, yeah. that team's gonna lose. Nope, they pull off a blowout win or yeah. something. It's like, I just don't understand. I'm like, I feel like I'm a pretty professional when it comes to watching football and uh, not being so much an analyst, but just, you know, I, I feel like I can pick teams to win games, but then my teams usually lose. Whereas Steamboat Sally over there, who's never watched football, <laughs> she picks. She goes sixteen and zero one week because she picks her favorite jersey colors. Yeah, that's that's how I feel. Uh, you know, if we want to get it, I, and I won't, we won't get too much into fantasy because Joe and I talked a little bit about fantasy at the top of the show. But that's how I feel with fantasy this year. I'm a person that's spent like my whole life watching football, and I, I take pride in the fact that I know you know a decent amount about football. And then I draft this fantasy team, and I'm feeling pretty good about them. And so far, I'm gonna start the season zero and two. And when there's guys like JT. Uh, you know, he couldn't really care less about football, and he's most likely going to start the season 2-0, and and he completely spanked me last week in fantasy. And just an interesting tidbit, I talked about last week, Aaron Rodgers gave me one point in fantasy. 
Um, well, uh, you would not believe it, but things genuinely went worse for me this week. I so I needed a receiver really bad. So I trade. I traded. I had Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers as my as my quarterbacks. So I traded Matthew Stafford for Chris Godwin and Tua. Uh, so you know Tua is not as good as Matthew Stafford, but I figured he he would put up decent numbers uh, in a game where he had to pass the ball a lot. And we'll get to that game later. But long story short, what's worse than scoring one point? How about Tua giving me half a point at my quarterback position? So that's how my life is going right now in the fantasy universe. Wow. Uh, that seems that seems quite rough. Um, I feel kind of bad. You know what, Joe? How about we just get right into that game? That, uh, that's one of the games we wanted to talk about. Yeah. I know that you're a big Dolphins fan. I mean, it was a really close game. It was okay. a hard-fought game by both teams. Okay. Um, why don't you let, let everyone know kind of how the game went? Okay. Well, I was, I was almost going to say we don't even really need to talk football today. It's fine if we just skip it. Um, it was not the greatest weekend for me, but yeah, why don't we get into our first takeaway from week two and i hate that you're making me start here but my first takeaway is that the dolphins are murphy's law when it comes to nfl football because anything that could go wrong went wrong on sunday for the miami dolphins in case you didn't see it it was a 35 to nothing shellacking by the buffalo bills Oh, where do I even start with this game? I mean, I don't know. Mike, why don't we, why don't we, you know, get your, I feel like I'm about to rant a little bit. So I want to get your opinion on, on an outsider that saw this game. What did you see in this game? Well, Joe, I would say there are some, uh, some, some things to look forward to. Uh, Tua went out with a rib injury. I, I, I believe I saw it was a bruised rib. Um, which I know I've had my fair share of rib injuries. They're not fun, but he is listed as day to day. He could come back. I'm not sure if he'll be back this week, but you know, it doesn't seem to be too serious. Um, and also, even though the bills won 35, zero Josh Allen remained struggling. He struggled to, um, get the ball downfield. They put up 35 points, but his stat line, his stat line was not all that great. Let me pull it up here real quick. He was 17 for 33, two touchdowns, a pick, and only 179 yards. Um, ain't nothing beautiful about that stat line. Yeah. But uh, the reason I say there's some ups is even though the Dolphins lost, they did win the first game. So right now I believe we are all tied except for the Jets in the AFC East. So there's plenty of games left. Like you said, it's a 17-game season now. Mm-hmm. And the Dolphins have plenty of games to win and make comebacks, and they can still easily win this division, Joe. I appreciate you trying to make me feel better. Uh, this really felt like this really felt like one of those games, and the Dolphins have one or two of these games every single season. Where I mean, I talk about vibes a lot on this podcast. I've talked about good vibes and bad vibes. There's no good vibes at all coming out of this out of this loss. It was brutal from the start. Tua came out, first drive, sacked twice on the drive, uh, just didn't even have a chance. And then the next drive, he gets sacked, uh, or sorry, he got hit on a fourth down that they did not convert on. Ended up going 0 for 4 on fourth downs in this game, uh, which was just a complete disaster. Tua gets hurt, his ribs get uh, his ribs are injured, Jacoby Brissett has to play the rest of the game. It doesn't go too well for Jacoby Brissett uh, either. But I, I, I do, before I get into the Dolphins, you know, more in depth, I do I do agree a little bit with what you said about Josh Allen. 
I, I don't think that he really played that well in this game. Um, and that's going to sound weird because a 35 to nothing win is nothing to, you know, to scoff at. And it's not easy to, to beat NFL teams 35 to nothing. But I think that's what makes this, this game so much more frustrating from a Dolphins angle is the Bills really did not even play that well in this game. Uh, the Dolphins basically gave them the game. Uh, Josh Allen, he missed a lot of open receivers. Like he, he, he was sailing passes. He, he does not through two weeks, looked like the same guy last season. Again, it's early on in the season. He didn't look great through the first two weeks last year, but he doesn't look like that MVP candidate so far this season. Uh, but that's what makes it so much more frustrating. Josh Allen has kicked the butt of the Miami Dolphins for years now. And this is the, you know, the Dolphins defense came out playing pretty well. And 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 th- th- this is the best they've ever played against Josh Allen. And they have absolutely nothing to show for it because the offense could not get anything done whatsoever the offense could not convert on anything first down second down third down fourth down did not matter for one play that i feel like really describes this well and sorry mike i'll let you talk at some point but i just got to get some of this off my chest here no you're fine keep it going everything the whole game i think can be encapsulated by one play they're probably down at this point 21 to nothing 28 to nothing and it's a fourth and two i believe in their own territory and what do the Dolphins do on a fourth and two? They throw short of the first down on on a crossing route. Short of the first down on a fourth and two. The pass ends up getting dropped, so nothing matters anyways. But how on earth do you throw throw short of the first down on fourth and two? What like what are you doing? That encapsulates this entire game. Uh, Brian Flores got outcoached, um, and he has got outcoached every single time he's played the Buffalo Bills. But my main thing that I want to talk about, main thing that I want to rant about real quick, is this offensive line for the Miami Dolphins is a complete and utter disaster. Um, and this, to me, is a product of the Miami Dolphins front office trying to big brain the whole situation instead of bringing in uh, good, good free agent, uh, you know, offensive linemen. They couldn't bring in David Andrews. They couldn't bring in Joe Tooney. They couldn't bring in. Um, the center from Green Bay, whose name I'm blanking on, that went to the Chargers, Corey Lindsley, that's his name. They couldn't bring guys like this in. Instead, they have to come and develop these, or, or say, oh, we got to develop our young guys or draft young guys when they haven't panned out. Austin Jackson, their first-round pick from a few years back, is a turnstile at the left pa- tackle position. He is a complete bum so far through two through two years of his NFL career. Terrible. And then they value so much um, positional... Um, What's uh, positional versatility? So the thing about the Dolphins' offensive line uh, and Brian Flores preaches, hey, uh, we you know we may not have the best offensive line, but we have guys that can play multiple positions. We have guys that can play left tackle. They can play left guard. And to me, basically, what you're saying is, yeah, we don't want to get guys that play really good at one spot. We want to get guys that suck at all five positions. But hey, at least they can play all five and suck at all five. And it's like, what is your? I don't know. What is the what is the goal? What are what are we doing at the offensive line position? How can you judge Tua if you genuinely are thinking about shining, signing Deshaun Watson and Mike? Just to keep an eye on that. I think that's gonna those rumors are gonna start getting really heated up if if uh, the Dolphins continue to struggle like this. But how you know if you're interested in Deshaun Watson and you want to see what you have in Tua, how on earth can you possibly see what you have from Tua if he can't even stay on the field because he's getting destroyed? every single week because of this trash offensive line. This was, sorry, and Mike, you can jump in now, you can, but this is just, 
It was a frustrating game because it encapsulated everything that I thought was wrong with the Dolphins before the season started. I basically saw in this game. Well, Joe, I know from experience, you being a Dolphins fan, you've gone years and years of, you know, watching a losing team and a struggling team. So I understand the frustration. I don't want to just skip to another game, but basically what you just talked about fully, um, um, Oh, man, I'm blanking on a word. And basically dissects exactly what the Patriots are going through right now. We might as well jump to the Patriots-Jets game. Patriots won this game 25-6. to But if you watch this game, the Patriots, even though their defense came up with four interceptions, um, I will say, not to discredit them, Zach Wilson looked awful in this game. (laughs) Looked absolutely terrible. He was, like, throwing the football to the Patriots. (laughs) But their offensive line was so bad. Like, it doesn't – they were also rotating in – Different um, different players to play different positions on the line. And I'm sitting here like exactly what you're saying. Why not get um, offensive linemen that play left tackle, left guard, right tackle, right guard, center, uh, instead of getting a left guard and putting him at right tackle because, you know, that's kind of what you need at the moment. Like, it, it doesn't work out. And like I said, Patriots won 25-6. to six, But throughout the first half of this game, all it was was um mac jones throwing the ball three four yards down the field oh now now we get a 10 yard pass up now we're sacked back-to-back plays because the defensive line was just blowing through the offense line it was it was kind of one of the more frustrating wins to watch um but at the end of the day pat's got the win mac jones 186 yards on 22 completions um no picks but zach wilson 19 for 33 no touchdowns 210 yards and four interceptions i think People are starting to realize that Sam Darnold was not the issue <laughs> in uh, in New York. I think they have a lot of other issues going on around that team because they could not get anything going. I don't know if you watched any of this game, but do you have any takes from this game? I, I didn't watch the game at the time. I did go back and watch. Um, I watched some of Mac, Mac Jones's throws, and, and I watched Zach Wilson. And you talked about Zach Wilson's four interceptions. I, I took a screenshot on my phone uh, at one point. Uh, I kid you not, Zach Wilson had four interceptions and four completions. So he had four completions to his team. At the same time, he had four completions to the New England Patriots. So a nightmare scenario for for Zach Wilson in that game. And that's what Bill Belichick, you know, that's what he does to rookie quarterbacks. Uh, You talk about the Patriots didn't play all that well, um, but, you know, their defense and, and Bill Belichick was able to scheme up uh, a, a defense like he does with rookie quarterbacks that was that was good enough to completely baffle Zach Wilson. And I find that interesting that you said, you know, it wasn't Sam Darnold that was the problem with the New York Jets. And, we you know, we saw Sam Darnold this weekend. Sam Darnold's playing pretty well in Carolina right now. Sam Darnold, uh, he, he's played well through two weeks in Carolina. And Zach Wilson through two weeks, um, there's been flashes at times, but he's really, really struggled. And and I do want to want to say you know I I'm not trying to 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 call Zach Wilson a bust at this point because I think it's it's very important to be patient with rookie quarterbacks. Um, so you know let's not let's not go to that to that extent to say that Zach Wilson's a bust, but but he he's not surrounded by a whole lot. That offensive line has not played well. Um, and you know four interceptions in a game, and I think he had. Did he have them all in the first half, or no? I, he probably spread them out a little bit more than that. But I think it was all pretty uh, early in the game. I would almost have to say, Joe, it was all within like the first two quarters. I I don't think he threw any in the second half. In the second half, they only put up, I think, what I say, six points. Yeah, yeah six points. 
But in the second half, you know, he started moving the ball a little better. But you could just tell he did not look comfortable in the pocket. He did not look comfortable anywhere. He was oversailing his receivers by like five yards. It was mm-hmm. like I didn't understand what he was trying to do. Um, but it just didn't work out. Speaking of, uh, you know, we're talking about rookie quarterbacks. I am curious, overall, Mac Jones, how, how did you feel that he played in this game? Was it better or worse or kind of the same as what we saw in week one? Uh, in his performance with the Dol- uh, against the Dolphins. So I will say I am loving Mac Jones. I heard um, from a few sites, or I read a few on a few sites, that immediately after the loss against the Dolphins, he started watching game film of the New York Jets. He was ready for week two. In the game, if he missed a throw, even if it was like the slightest underthrow or overthrow, he would right away run to the bench. You could tell he was frustrated and he was ready to you know move on. Let's get this thing going. But Mac Jones looked good. He didn't have much. He had, I believe it was 186 yards, um, which my prediction for 400 yards is quite off. <laughs> but, you know, he, he looked good. He didn't turn the ball over. He looked comfortable in the pocket. He was moving around the pocket a bit. They just didn't get a whole lot of offense going. Um, 25 points, four interceptions, off of four interceptions isn't a whole lot, but they were able to squeak out the win. And I, I think Mac Jones is going to turn into a great quarterback. It's just going to take some time. Mm-hmm. I think the Patriots know know what they want to do. I think Mac Jones knows what what he what they want him to do at this point and you know he's he's not throwing deep down the field. He's throwing these dink and dunk passes. He's throwing these short uh you know uh dump offs and you know to his running backs into the flat. Um and it's working. I and the Patriots have a tremendous run game. Damian Harris has been an absolute monster to start this season. He had that he had a ridiculous run in this game where he broke like eight tackles and took it into the end zone. J- Joe, I was watching that, and uh, he is on my fantasy team. And when I saw him, he I think he broke one tackle, two. I jumped out of, uh, off the couch. I started, like, screaming at the TV. <laughs> Breaks another tackle. You see Mac Jones run in there, push him push him into the end zone. Oh, yeah. I was like, this, this kid, uh, he's they knew what they were getting when they trade away, uh, traded away Sony Michelle. Like, Damian Harris is the real deal. He is the real deal. And th- that, that running game, I think, has helped Mac Jones so much. It's not They're not completely relying on him, and I think that's such a – polar opposite of what what's going on in in places like like in new york with the jets where it's like yeah yeah sure your rookie quarterback starting right away but he's all you have they don't have a consistent running game same within jacksonville with trevor lawrence to you know another quarterback that struggled uh in his rookie season so far um they don't have a consistent running game um in in that game in jacksonville i didn't i didn't catch the the game at the time but uh, what was your takeaway from from the from the game there with with Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars? Well, Joe, um, Zach Wilson, I believe, leads the league in interceptions with five, if I'm not wrong, and Trevor Lawrence has four. Another one of those games. It was a bit of a disappointment if you're a Jags fan, but if you're a Broncos fan, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater showing why he needs to be the starter in Denver, um, and also the defense. The defense looks like the twenty was at the. What year was 15, it? Fifteen, I think. The, was it fifteen? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they looked like the 2015 defense again. They only allowed 189 total yards in this game. Not pass yards, rush yards, total yards. Wow. But yeah, Teddy Bridgewater's looking good. I believe if they can continue um, playing at this level, they will be a contender. I didn't think they would be a contender. Bridgewater had 328 yards on two touchdowns, 26 for 34 completion. I mean, he's looking. He's looking like a stud out there, Joe. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, I think he's impressed me through two weeks. Uh, I think he's he's in a really good position. He's got, even with Jerry Judy going out, Cortland Sutton, I mean, he played unbelievable in this game. What did, what did he finish with? I have his stats written down here. Uh, Cort, Cortland Sutton, 
had uh, 159 yards on nine receptions. An unbelievable game. So even with Jerry Judy out, the, the, the weapons that Teddy Bridgewater has at his disposal, K.J. Hamler, um, Cortland Sutton we just talked about, Noah Fant, and they have Albert Okwabunam, who's, who's a pretty good tight end as well. And then they got they got Javante Williams as a running back, and then Melvin Gordon there. And then you add to that the defense with Bradley Chubb and Von Miller now finally playing together. Uh, although Bradley Chubb did get banged up in this game, uh, Teddy Bridgewater is in prime spot, and I definitely do think that the Broncos are in prime position to be contenders in the AFC uh, playoff contenders. That is, I don't know if you know I would put them in the championship contender tier quite yet, but I I think they have they have one of the best rosters in the NFL, and I talked about this before the NFL season, if they had the quarterback position, if they managed to trade for Aaron Rodgers like they were rumored to there for a little bit, this would be a Super Bowl contender. Uh, they, they have the roster there, and with Teddy Bridgewater playing as well as he is, there's absolutely no reason why they should not be uh, in playoff contention. But speaking of a couple teams in playoff contention, I do want to get to some of the big games from uh from this Sunday we talked we got our teams out of the way we can we you know we we got that out of the way now we can get into some of the more well sorry not more entertaining games but some of the entertaining games and the first one I want to talk about is the Sunday night football game because man these primetime games have been phenomenal through two weeks we've had incredible primetime games and my first takeaway before I get to my real takeaway uh my first takeaway is I'm having a real I'm having a lot of trouble staying awake for these primetime games. And it's not because they're not entertaining, but I don't know if it's because I'm a dad now and I'm just tired all the time, but I fall asleep on the couch every single time. Like, what can I do to stay up for these primetime games? Joe, if I had an answer, I would tell you because as a dad myself, I struggle to stay awake as well. Plus, my wife loves to watch Manifest. She's always telling me, hey, can we watch Manifest now? So I have to now watch on my iPad instead of my 55-inch TV. But, you know, I make sacrifices. I do agree. These late-night games, they're tough to watch, not because of entertainment, but just out of the, you know, the need for sleep. I had almost no sleep this weekend. My daughter's recovering from a, a, um, dang it, a lung infection. Oh, boy. She's doing a lot better, by the way. Very good. But, uh, yeah, she hadn't been sleeping much uh, throughout the night, so I, I was already struggling as is and then having to watch this game. But I will say... One of the best Sunday night games I have ever seen in my life. That's what kept me awake for this one. Um, One takeaway I have, I guess taking away Tyreek Hill on the Chiefs offense, even though they have like 40 receivers, it, 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 it just helped that like it just helped enough to let the Ravens come away with the victory. On top of that, Lamar Jackson is out of this world. Unbelievable. I, I broke my ankles were broken watching this game with the amount of yep. cut moves and the things he was doing on his feet. It was nuts, Joe. What do you got on I this? I was one? trying to think of and my takeaway from this game was that Lamar and the Ravens finally exercised exercised some demons in this game and uh, you saw it on the on the on the broadcast and and you he- you've heard about it for for a couple seasons now. Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, really good team. They're they're kryptonite though, the Kansas City Chiefs. They were 0 and 3 against the Kansas City Chiefs in Lamar Jackson's tenure, and most of the games not even very close. Lamar Jackson really, really struggled against the Kansas City Chiefs in his career. But my, I was trying to think of, I don't know how I got on this, but I was trying to think of what other athlete I could compare Lamar Jackson to. And I was going through it, and I, uh, the other sport that I'm, I'm a big fan of is basketball. I'm a, I really like, uh, like watching basketball. Um, 
and for some reason, Russell Westbrook came came to my mind uh, when thinking of Lamar Jackson, and and I I don't know exactly why. So I'll give you my reasoning. Uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, he gets a lot of hate. He gets a lot of hate, and in the same sense, Russell Westbrook gets a lot of hate uh, because he's you know he's sometimes just a stat sheet uh, stuffer. You know, he's got all, he's got these crazy stats. Uh, but you know he can't win these big games against against guys like you know Kansas City. Whereas you know Russell Westbrook, he has never really been close to winning a ring. Um, and um, I'm kind of losing this metaphor as I'm going deeper into it. But I'll, let's see if I can I can bring it back. But but when Russell Westbrook and when Lamar Jackson are playing at their best, when they are playing at their absolute best, they can absolutely dominate and take over a game like no other player in their respective league. To me, when Lamar Jackson is going, when Lamar Jackson is at peak performance, he is one of the most unstoppable forces. I don't care. You know, people want to hate and say he can't throw the ball. Um, And he had a couple bad throws in this game. I'm not going to lie. He started off rough. He had a pick six on that first drive. He had another ugly interception in the red zone, I believe, later on in that that game. And had a couple overthrows on some deep routes. But as he got more comfortable, as he he kind of... uh, as he kind of, uh, you know, got into this game, he just took over. And he had that one ridiculous jump pass to Marquise Brown. And then, you know, just overall, his, so he finished uh, 18 for 26, 239 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions like we talked about. And then he, had, he chipped in 107 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. There's nobody else in the NFL that's like that. You know, he's just, he is the, like I talked about, he's the best running back on the, on the Ravens roster. And he's also the best quarterback on the Ravens roster. He's just an incredible talent. And to me, it was so impressive for the Ravens to be down in this game. They were down, uh, you know, uh, I think a couple scores at one point. They were down. And, and, and to be able to come back and win, and when, when that's been something, you know, that's been talked about for, for ever since Lamar Jackson's been there, they can't come, down, come back from being down in games. And, you know, to do it against the Kansas City Chiefs, to me, that was, it was a statement game for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, no, you nailed it. You nailed it right on. And I'll add to your your metaphor there. If there's two players, like, I don't know, like, you, you, you absolutely nailed it. Two players I think of, or one player I think of when I think of Lamar Jackson, also Russell Westbrook. For reason being, Lamar, when you get him rolling, explosive. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook, when he's on, explosive. Mm-hmm. Those are two players that are just absolutely dangerous with the ball in their hand. Now, Patrick Mahomes on the other side, we can't forget about him. Yeah. He put up 343 yards, three touchdowns. You look at those stats, you're like, wow, like Patrick Mahomes numbers. But watching this game, he did not look like 100% comfortable. Like I said, they took away Tyreek Hill, and it just looked like he couldn't throw the ball five farther than five yards down the field. He was also just kind of... Those little dump passes, like yeah. snap the ball, instant, you know, fire it like on a slant route or just like, a little seam route. And he he just couldn't get nothing going deep. And the defense, like, hey, credit to the defense. They, you know, they took away anything deep. They said, here, we'll give up the short the short plays, um, but we you ain't gonna burn us deep. Yep. And we've seen it time and time again with the with the Chiefs. They'll be down or they'll be up. And then, you know, you think that, you know, the the other team, the opponent's gonna make a comeback up. Oh, 75-yard bomb to, to Kelsey or to, to Tyreek Hill. or um, And it's just crushing. But one thing I think that really helped the Ravens, and I've seen it in multiple games, is the trust that uh, John Harbaugh has in Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. They're at the end of the game. 
They have the ball on their side of the 50, a minute left in the game, fourth and I think it was two. He looks at Lamar, you want to go for it? You want to go for it? Lamar says, let's go for it. Not even hesit, like no hesitation. They go for it, they get it. Like that trust that they have in each other is is nuts. And I think that's why they, I, I honestly think that's why they're such a good duo. And at the, you know, at the end of the day, I think that's why they won this game. That was such a badass moment. That was, I wanted to talk about, I'm glad you brought that out because I did, I did want to talk about that as well. So the, the Kansas City Chiefs, they're down by one point. The final score of this game, by the way, 36 35. So it's 36 35. The Kansas City Chiefs are driving down, less than two minutes left on the clock. Clyde Edwards Alaire ends up getting the ball knocked away uh, from, from himself by, by a rookie. Odafe uh, Owe, who uh, first round pick by the Ravens, uh, knocked knocked the ball out of Clyde Edwards Alaire's hands. Um, the the Ravens end up getting it back, and and they need to pick up a a first down on fourth and two from their own territory. They're on their own. They're on you know the negative fifty. Thirty five yeah. or forty. That was insane. Like that the the guts to have to have to do that. And I love John Harbaugh asking, "Do you want to go for it?" He knows the answer. He knows Lamar Jackson to say, "Of course, I want to go for it," and and for Lamar Jackson to just give everything he had to just to just go out there and get that. That was such a gutsy call, but that's what you have to do when you play the Kansas City Chiefs. You can't sit around. You can't play safe. You can't you can't let the game you know come to you. You have to you have to take the game. You have to take the bull by the horns because, like you said, the Kansas City Chiefs when they look down, they look out. You know that it's all they're always one seventy-five yard bomb to to Tyreek Hill or Byron Pringle or Nicole Hardman or Travis Kelsey to, to you know they're they're one bomb away from those guys uh, to turning the ball turning the game completely around like we saw last year with the Browns or last week rather with the Browns and you talked about Mahomes and I and I thought early on Mahomes looked sharp he was he had one throw that was incredible he had a really nice deep shot but I did notice as you talked about later on in the game it seemed like he was almost he was just attempting some crazy deep shots, and this were not connecting later on in that game. So credit to the Ravens' defense, and to me, credit to, to yeah, to Lamar Jackson. The Ravens' defense—they finally got this monkey off their back. Uh, but what an incredible game! The primetime games have been incredible. Hopefully, I can find a way to stay awake for some of these primetime games. Maybe I can stay awake uh, for tonight's Monday Night Football game. But Mike, uh, what other game would you like to talk about? Uh, from week two. Uh, another game I would like to talk about, and uh, uh, we can get into uh, something a little bit later on in the show, but it's the uh, it's the Titans versus the Seahawks. Okay. And let me tell you, watching uh, bits and pieces of this game, I was like, yep, Russell Wilson's winning the MVP. The Seahawks are going to be a dominant team again. Uh, you know, the, the connection between Tyler Lockett, Russell Wilson is is greater, in my opinion, than DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson. Um, I know Tyler Lockett, I wouldn't say he's overlooked, but, you know, a lot of people like it. He's not as heard of as DK. But when you watch them play, you know, they have this connection. It's unreal. And again, Tyler Lockett looked dominant in this uh, in this game. Let me pull up his stats real quick. He had 11, uh, eight catches for 178 yards and a touchdown. And he could have very easily had, I believe it was another touchdown, but I, the throw was a little off. But let me tell you, I, I don't think I've, I can be more disappointed in the Seattle Seahawks. They had this game won through the first two, two and a half quarters. They had shut out the Titans. Titans weren't doing absolutely anything. I believe the score was um, 24 to 9. 
And then all of a sudden, here comes here comes Tennessee. They start handing the ball to Derrick Henry. He starts chipping away, chipping away. All of a sudden, Derrick Henry goes off, finishes the game with, what do you have, 182 yards off 35 attempts and three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Titans win in overtime, 33-30. to 30, And it just – I was so frustrated. I'm not a diehard Seahawks fan, but, like, the time and time again, they lose these games when they're up, you know, or the games they should have won. They just lose them in these kind of dumb ways where – you know, they had they had Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill kind of shut down. Oh, now we're just going to kind of play relaxed, let him catch up. Oh, now we lose the game. Yeah, it was a tough loss for the Seahawks, uh, uh, especially when you're, you're up 24 to 9. And I talked about last week, the Arizona Cardinals, they, they showed the blueprint for, for beating the Tennessee Titans. And we kind of knew if you get up on them early, uh, they can't get Derrick Henry going because they have to throw to catch up. Uh, and that's what it seemed like the Seattle Seahawks were doing a great job of that. They're up 24 to nine at the half, but I really thought it was interesting that the Titans, they did not stop running the ball. They, if anything, you know, in the first half, Derrick Henry has 13 carries for 35 yards. So the Seahawks did a, a phenomenal job stopping Derrick Henry in the first half. Second half, get this 22 carries, 147 yards and three touchdowns. They, they said, we don't care that we're down. Derrick Henry's the best damn football player on the field. We're going to hand him the ball. He's a grown man running with, with peewee football players. I mean, I just am amazed watching Derrick Henry every single time I watch him. Just how unbelievably big that guy is. It is unreal. But him in the second half was, was, was phenomenal. And, and what a turnaround for the Titans. In this game and in this second half, uh, to go from a team that looked like genuinely one of the worst teams in the NFL last uh, last week, they looked like a disaster. And then in the first half of this game looked like a complete disaster. And it's crazy how much one half of football can completely change how this team looks as a whole uh, and, and change the narrative completely. So just a quick recap. Uh, we talked about how they were down 24-9. to They end up coming back. They tie it up. They go to overtime. And then Randy Bullock ends up hitting a 36-yard field goal. However, I don't know if you watched the end of this game, but in overtime, Russell Wilson has a play uh, close to his own end zone. He he's getting he's about to get sacked. He throws the ball from his own end zone. Intentional grounding. It should have been intentional grounding. And it's sh- I, I watched this, this play without the sound on, so I didn't hear the explanation of what the what the refs were doing. But how on earth was this not a walk-off safety? That seemed like it should have been a walk-off safety, an intentional grounding in the end zone. Joe, you're right. Um, I also, it's kind of funny that you said that. When I watched this, I also did not hear the explanation. I saw that they counted him as down at the one-yard line, which is weird because, and it's funny, we'll get to this. I guess our next game, we can get to this. This happened in another game, and it actually also hurt that team as well. But I do not understand why it wasn't a walk-off safety. I mean, the, the Titans won in the end; it really didn't matter. Yeah. But uh, these refs, they need to they need to step it up. They've I've I've watched multiple games where they make these bad calls, and like, that how, game should have ended. A how little was earlier. he down at the one? How did like what? How what on earth did he do that he was down at the one? I saw he didn't even hit the ground. Yeah, like I saw him still moving, like backpedaling. Yeah. So the play. I don't believe the play was dead. He I threw think the it ball was just away. A botched call by the defense. If anything, exactly. it was an incomplete I mean, pass, and he should have had the ball where they where the line of scrimmage was. It made no sense for him to be down at the one. I had no idea what what that even was. That didn't make any sense to me. I yeah. I, I and, he, and like I said, I watched the game without the sound on. Uh, maybe they did throw a flag. Maybe it was intentional grounding, and that's why they moved the ball to the one. I don't even quite remember, but it was such a weird. 
play there. But you said you had another game. Well, first of all, let's say really big win for the Titans in this game. Um, yep. to, to, Not to discredit the Titans. Yeah, the Seahawks blew this game, and it sucks. They now move to you know their last place in the NFC West. Every other team's undefeated in that division right now. Yep. And the the, the Seahawks yep. uh, are the only team with a loss so far, and that's good enough to to, to have you in last place. But the Titans, they they needed a win, uh, and you know it's crazy how how quickly things turned around for them. But a big win for the Titans, a disappointing loss for the Seahawks. But you had another game you want to talk about. Uh, the refs in another game. The Cowboys versus the Chargers. I don't know if you watched much of this game, but it was also in the later stretch, probably I would say early fourth quarter. We had the Chargers moving down the field. Justin Herbert backpedals. Here comes our boy, Micah Parsons, Micah. full in on the rush, starts hold, like grabbing onto him. Justin Herbert's still backpedaling, still backpedaling, ends up firing the ball, gets it well, I think right up to the line of scrimmage, close to the line of scrimmage. It might have been intentional grounding. They called him down. He was not on the ground. Yeah. He was backpedaling, and he yet fired the football. If you haven't seen the play, go check it out. Because when I watched it, it was I think the they were now at it was either second down or third in like thirty five or forty at this point, and they were like they were at probably like the twenty yard line, yeah. got pushed back to like the forty. It was one of those plays that kind of took him out of a range of field goal, and you know in the red zone area, and so it kind of screwed him over. But I don't know why it happened in or twice in the same week that refs completely botched calls like I that, and I thought it was quite interesting. I won't lie. I, 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 I did watch uh, part of this game. I did watch a lot of this game. I watched the highlights and, and, and some film from it. Uh, I did not. I, I don't recall that play. Did, did they? Was there argument that his forward progress was stopped, or what? Or what was? What were they trying to argue with 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 him with blowing it dead in that situation? I'm not sure. It could have been the forward progress. Um, that's a good point. But when uh, I know almost every single announcer and analyst said that that was, I believe, the wrong call to make because he he should not have been down. He was still moving, and it's not like he was wrapped up. Yeah. He was backpedaling as Michael Parson had like one hand on him, maybe two hands, but he still could have like cut left, cut right, tried to make a throw, and they just like as he fired the ball. Um, they called him down at the spot, and it, like again, made no sense to me. But not to discredit the Dallas Cowboys, their defense played great. It was a uh, actually kind of like a, a defensive game. Dak Prescott looked sharp again, and the two-headed running game with uh, Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott looks dangerous. Um, they absolutely dominated this game. I believe they put up 180 something yards rushing and combined for two of the the. Or they're only two touchdowns, I believe. Maybe no, it was two touchdowns. Yeah. So their their running backs are looking sharp this year. Yeah. Speaking of their two headed running, as as Ezekiel Elliott, uh, a fantasy holder, I would love for Tony Pollard to miss the bus to the next game. Um, but obviously, uh, no. It's it's a really it, he looked like the better running back in this game. Tony Pollard's been playing really well. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott. It was nice to see him get get going. And and this was a this was a good game for Dallas because they didn't rely on on Dak Prescott to throw 58 passes like they did in week one. He still played efficient. He had one ugly interception, but Justin Herbert, I thought, had a couple of bad interceptions in this game as well. But overall, like you said, a good win for the Dallas Cowboys. And my my biggest, one of my biggest takeaways um, from this game is I think this shows progress for the Dallas Cowboys because to me, last year, this is a game that I think last year's Cowboys would have lost 100%. It feels like th- this was a game that they would have dropped. You know, they're a team... The Chargers are really good, and Justin Herbert. I'm just gonna say, like, 
He he's phenomenal. He's the things that he can do with his arm. I mean, just incredible. And and the Chargers are, are a really good team. But Dallas to me should be a better team. They're they're a more veteran team. They're a more experienced team. There should be a game you go in and win. And I, I think last year they would have lost this game. This shows progress to me by the Cowboys to go in and win this game. Uh, when you know you should be expected to win, and you should go in and win games like this. Uh, and you know don't don't have any of these disappointments. It was good to see them back up what was a pretty loss last week. Uh, but again, still a loss. It doesn't matter if it's pretty or if it's ugly. Uh, a pretty loss last week. It's good to to see uh, some of that positive uh, aspects of that game kind of move over to this week in, in, a, in a win. And we, you talked about Micah Parsons earlier. He was all over the place in this game. They are using him. Demarcus Lawrence is hurt. Uh, Randy Gregory, I think, is on the COVID list now. They at one point had Micah Parsons lined up as a defensive end, literally hand in the dirt, defensive end. Not even like, and he's he plays middle linebacker. He plays safety, basically. I mean, he covers. I mean, that guy is insane. I think I think he's a shoe-in for Defensive Rookie of the Year at this point. Oh, I absolutely agree, Joe. Michael Parsons is the highlight of that defense, and I believe they're moving him to defensive end because of the Demarcus Lawrence injury. And I just I can't wait to watch more games uh, from the Cowboys just to see him play because he's just a natural athlete. And we, we talk about Kyler Murray's speed, but his speed is right there with, with – not not right there with Kyler Murray's, but it's up there. And I think he could honestly chase Kyler Murray down because he is by far one of the quickest um, defensive players I've he's ever seen. He's kind of got that – Talking about Kyler – He's, he's kind of got that go explosive ahead. like vibe to him like, like Kyler Murray has, like where it's just he looks like the fastest guy on the field. And even though he plays on the defensive side of the ball, I think he, he's got that got that aspect to him. And I know you were, I think you were trying to to move over to the next game. I got one thing. Did you see the CD Lamb unbelievable catch and run in this in this Cowboys game? Um, he had like he did like a crazy spin, had a huge catch and run, and then he got the ball at the inside the twenty yard line or whatever, and lateraled it to Ezekiel Elliott, who then took it to like the one yard line. I don't know if you remember that play, but I was watching this play and I was laughing my butt off. It was an insane, insane play. Joe, I have C.D. Lamb on my uh, on my fantasy team again. Put up great numbers, but I do not. I don't think I remember watching that play. I might have been at a point where I looked away from my phone or turned the game off for a split second. So I'm a little bit bummed that I missed that play. I might have to go. You back have and to watch go the back and watch that. it. I watched most. Of it's the incredible. It is. It yeah. is. It is like vintage like college cd lamb where he just like is running all over the field you're like how did he get it looked like he was tackled and then he did like a weird little spin he ran across like to the other end of the field ran down the field and then he gets like inside the 20 yard line and he just laterals it to zekiel elliott who's right there and zeke takes it to like the two yard line it's incredible anyways you talked about kyler murray why don't we move over to kyler murray's game that he played in the minnesota vikings versus the arizona cardinals uh, the 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 Cardinals walk away with a 34 to 33 victory in this one. Um, my takeaway from this game: Kyler Murray is your early MVP favorite. I don't know what I don't know about you know what you think about. It. What are your thoughts on that? Kyler Murray as an MVP uh, candidate so far. Joe, I would say you're not wrong on he he could he's a strong candidate for uh for MVP. He's putting up like psycho numbers and again unmatched with his speed. And I just love watching him play. It's fun. He put up 400 yards, three touchdowns. He did have two interceptions, but 29 for 36, meaning that he only threw seven incompletions in this game. For And he threw for 400 yards. But before we talk more about the Cardinals, my takeaway of this game is 
why can the Vikings not find a kicker to get <laughs> them wins? Like when it comes to crunch time, game winning kicks, the Vikings fall every single time. And it is like, how can they not like, how can this not change? It is insane. Like from, um, was it Gary Anderson back in the day missed a, a kick that would have sent them to the, to the Super Bowl, And then they had Blair Walsh missing that, that chip shot field goal against the Seahawks. It was basically an extra point And he just shanked it harder than you could ever shank a kick. And then Greg Joseph, I think he hit like a 50 some yarder in this game earlier on. And then he has a 37 yarder to win the game uh, at the end of regulation. And he misses it. Did you hear the Vikings call? Uh, the Vikings radio announcer for this game. Oh, it's devastating. Paul Allen, he's the he's the Vikings announcer. He goes like the the, the kick goes up, and he goes he made it, and he's screaming, and, and then all of a sudden the other guy on there he's like, oh no, he actually missed it, and it's just like, oh, that's so devastating, and that just I think describes exactly how Vikings fans feel every single time they have a kicker that needs to hit a big kick. It seems like it happens every single time to the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, no, I, I know what you're talking about. And every time I hear it, it makes me cry <laughs> laughing because it's like he is so hyped. And I'm like, well, what, what are you cheering for? Yeah. Like the, you could you could see that. But that was that was way yeah. left or way right. And he's all hyped. And then it's like, oh, oh, I think even oh. on the second time he saw it, he even was like, oh, it's like a foot out. Like he realized it was not even close. And it was just like, oh, that poor guy. Oh, you totally botched uh, that. But the Vikings, the Vikings have it rough. But I will say, don't panic just yet, Vikings fan. They they put on a show. Their offense seemed to be clicking. Uh, Kirk Cousins had, uh, I believe, yeah, 244 yards, three touchdowns. He looked good as well. You know, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen got involved. Um, they the offense looked good. The defense needs to improve a little, but I think the Vikings are going to be just fine. They just need to get a couple games under their belt. Yeah, I thought this was a it was a good bounce back game. It sucked that it didn't come in in a win, but I I thought this could have been a lot worse for the Vikings. You know, if they come out and just totally lay another egg like they did uh, in Week One, also another devast devastating loss in Week One to to the Bengals right at the last second. But you talked about you know the offense got going. KJ Osborne even got going in this game, um, but Dalvin Cook. We kind of forgot about him last week. He was dominant in this game. 22 carries for 131 yards. Uh, yeah, the Vikings offense looked really good. Uh, they looked like they they were back in their groove, but the explosiveness of this Arizona Cardinals uh, offense is just unmatched. It doesn't you. It doesn't matter how good you know the Vikings offense looked. The Arizona Cardinals offense. I mean, some of the things that Kyler Murray does, like his speed, and he had one play where he did like a spin in the pocket, and it was like almost an unnecessary spin, and he turns around, bombs the ball deep down the field, huge completion, and like uh, Rondell Moore, their their tiny little t uh, receiver, they have the tiniest quarterback and the tiniest receiver in the NFL on the same team. He had himself a big game, and it just goes to show that he doesn't only need to throw to DeAndre Hopkins. I think A.J. Green even had a touchdown in this game. This Cardinals team has been a very pleasant surprise. And Kyler Murray, you know, we talked a lot about him before last season, that he could be a potential MVP candidate. Uh, we could have been just a, a year too early. You know, who knows? Kyler Murray's looked really good through two weeks. Well, Joe, um, I would like to talk about another MVP candidate. We can move on from this okay. game. And that's that's Tom Brady. Okay. Let's move on to the Falcons and Bucks. I think this is the final game we need to talk about. Some of these more entertaining games, like you said. Tom Brady cannot be stopped at 44 years Unreal. old. Unreal. Father time is not coming for Tom Unreal. Brady. He put up five touchdowns in this game. 
five touchdowns. That is something you just you don't hear about like ever. It never happens. He put up 276 yards. He is now the league leader in touchdowns. And their defense, I have them in fantasy, 19 points in fantasy, and they just absolutely tore up the Atlanta Falcons. What's your takeaway on this? Yeah, one? Tom Brady. Uh, I, I my takeaway was Tom Brady and maybe Gronk. Uh, will never die. They just will never die. Gronkowski's back. He had another two touchdowns in this game. It's like last year he was kind of quiet for most of the year, and then the Super Bowl, I think, awoken something inside of him, and now he's just uh, a beast. Again, he's got two touchdowns in the in, in the last two games, um, and then two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. But then Tom Brady, five freaking touchdowns. I mean, people don't understand how good this guy still is, and it doesn't make any sense. 44 years old, he has now thrown... For four, at least four touchdowns in four straight games, that ties an NFL record set by Dan Marino. So if he has four touchdowns in next week game, he will break the record set by Dan the Man uh, at five games. And it's just at 44 years old, it is it is completely ridiculous. Even if you know it's against the Atlanta Falcons defense, who uh, we don't even need to talk about the Falcons. They are they look to be a team that's in in the midst of a rebuild, but. But the 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 Buccaneers they look unstoppable. I can't wait. Well, you know we'll talk about the game that they have coming up this week. They have a really good matchup coming up this week in week three. But yeah, the Buccaneers. How do you stop this team? Both offensively, defensively, are they the most dominant team in the NFL, Mike? Or is there some team that you that you could stack up to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now? You know, Joe. Only they're only second to the New England Patriots right okay. now with Mac Jones going off the way he has All been. Right. No, I'm just kidding. Let's be real. I think that the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the most dominant team in the NFL at the moment. I haven't seen another team um, step up the way they have. I mean, we have the Chiefs, as always, but you know they beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So really, to me, there is not another team that is putting up the offensive numbers and then the defense of numbers that the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks are. And it's going to be fun to watch this game against the Rams. I think the Rams are a good competition for that offense their defense is stacked so we'll just have to wait and see how that plays out but i don't know about you joe those are kind of like the games i really wanted to talk about um the other games we can run over the scores real quick if you're game yeah let's do it let's let, let's get into uh just real quick quick hits on some of the the remaining games that we did not talk about all righty i can even start it off here with the first game of the week was the washington football team Defeating the New York Giants, 30-29, to 29, quite the exciting game. I think it's time to start Taylor Heineke, um, but we'll just have to wait and see how long uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be out and how um, how uh, Heineke continues to play. Yeah, uh, Taylor Heineke said he feels like he deserves uh, a, ch- a chance at the starting quarterback position. I think he's right. I mean, all we've seen from Taylor Heineke is good play. He played really good in that playoff game, and he played really good in this game. Uh, you know, what did he have? Uh, you know, two touchdowns, 34 for 46. I don't have the yards written down here for some reason, but I think he had over 300 yards. Uh, so just, uh, you know, another good game for Taylor Heineke. 336 Dude, yards. He had, a, he had a great game. It's, it's his team. But uh, on to another game that happened on Sunday. Cleveland barely, barely survives a, a scare of an upset versus the Houston Texans. Tyrod Taylor also went down with an injury in this game. He looks to be out for Thursday night against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, but a scary uh, win there for the Cleveland Browns. 
Yeah, no. Uh, the 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 Browns need to need to step it up, and the Texans were. I mean, they they showed that they were still a team that we did not need to uh, need to joke about anymore. That's They're for sure. They're a frisky team, and I'm hoping to see Odell. Yeah, I'm hoping to see Odell here very soon. But let's uh, let's move on to the Bengals and Bears. I know you're very high on Justin Fields, and he got to play with Andy Dalton coming out with a knee injury, and I think. I mean, he he looked pretty comfortable to me. Um, Joe Burrow got sacked four times. That O-line needs to step up. But I think it might be time for Justin Fields to step in. Yeah, Matt Nagy did say that if Andy Dalton is healthy, and uh, we don't have confirmed reports on that yet, but if Andy Dalton's healthy, he's still a starter. I'm curious, you know, does it happen? Is just Will Justin Fields start in week three? And if, if he does start, will he relinquish that starting role? Uh, he played okay. I thought he struggled at times. You said I was very high on Justin Fields. I am very high. He's one of my. He was one of my favorite rookie quarterbacks in this draft class. I think it's time. You know, I think this is a sign from the football gods. Just start Justin Fields. Let's move on. Let's get it going. Uh, but moving on to the next game, and it's the San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagle, the the Eagles can't quite close out the 49ers. The 49ers went 17 to 11. Uh, Jimmy G's played okay in this game, still good enough to win. No uh, snaps at all for Trey Lance in this game. No, no, that's for sure. Uh, what I have here is both defenses played very well, only giving up a combined 28 points. Um, are the 49ers for real? We'll have to see as the season continues. And besides Jalen Hurts, the Eagles' offense looked pretty weak uh, in, in this. Yeah, one. it was it was a weird game. Like like you said, kind of a defensive uh, slugfest and. And teams could not convert in the red zone. I know the Eagles struggled in the red zone, uh, and and just a, just a weird game overall. Um, but is that all the games? Did we? Oh no, the Los Angeles Rams at the Indianapolis Colts. We didn't talk about that game either. The Rams survived 27 to 24. A good win. Carson Wentz leaves this game with an injury. That was another thing we didn't talk about. Was quarterbacks getting injured up the wazoo this week? We had Carson yeah. Wentz to a tongue by Loa. Uh, Derek Carr was hurt for a little bit, uh, and then Andy Dalton, like we talked about, was hurt. Baker Mayfield was hurt for a little bit. A weird week as far as quarterback injuries, but I don't know what your takeaways were from the Los Angeles Rams versus the Colts. Uh, my takeaways were Stafford looks just to be having a lot of fun in his new team, his uh, in his new jersey. Um, if Carson Wentz can get back to healthy. It looks like he uh, sprained both his ankles. They're also not saying Gosh. if he'll be able to play next week. If if Carson Wentz can stay healthy, do not count out the Colts because they put up a good game against this Rams defense, and that defense is no joke. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the Rams win another one. They're looking solid at two and zero, um, and that's about all I got on all that right, the one. Final game. Oh no, so two more games. First, the Saints and the Panthers. What the heck happened to the Saints this game? They looked so dominant last week. Jameis Winston throws five touchdowns. This game, he throws two interceptions, no touchdowns. Uh, not a great week for the New Orleans Saints. The Panthers, however, 26-7 to victory. Sam Darnold looked good, uh, like we talked about earlier. But what were your takeaways from this game? Joe, I'm just getting word in that Jameis Winston has reversed his LASIK eye <laughs> surgery. Jameis Winston is looking like last year's in the year or not last year the year before two years ago Jameis Winston he I don't know where he was this game yeah. he put up ugly numbers I believe he had two picks again he had like a hundred and maybe 19 yards it was it was bad but Sam Darnold has another solid week again showing that 
He was not the problem in New York. C-Mac had some cramp issues, should be good to go for Thursday. But the Panthers put up another impressive win, and I did not think it was going to happen, but they're right there behind the uh, behind the Tampa Bay Bucks in that division. Yeah, 2-0 Carolina Panthers. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's possible for LASIK eye surgery to wear off, but maybe it just expired for Jameis Winston. But then on to the final game that we'll just quickly discuss, uh, and it is the Las Vegas Raiders uh, defeating the Pittsburgh Steelers to move to 2-0 and and at the top of the AFC standings. Like we talked about, the Las Vegas Raiders, they have been an incredible surprise to me so far. I talked about in our preview show uh, when me and you were talking about uh, the divisions, I thought the Raiders were going to be one of the worst teams in football. But through two weeks, Derek Carr has looked really good. He's played really well. Uh, yeah, the Raiders look to be flying in, in a tough game for the the Steelers offense. They're still not all the way there. Najee Harris can't get going. He had 38 yards on the ground on 10 carries. Uh, but the Raiders look good. The Steelers hoping to bounce back after a disappointing week two. Yeah, Joe, I don't have much more to add to that. Derek Carr is looking like a stud. Don't know if I'd put him in the MVP race just yet, but the Raiders are looking for real. And on the Steelers' side, I'm telling you, Joe, I not I have nothing against Ben Roethlisberger. I think he is a, a legend, but I think it's time they, they move on from Big Ben. I think they need someone who can throw the ball farther than five yards down the field, someone who can move around in the pocket because Ben, just it just doesn't seem like he can do anything at this point. Yeah, that offense is not very explosive under big ben roethlisberger but that just shows you know how how quickly a week can change things in the nfl because last week we were singing the praises of the pittsburgh steelers and that they're going to be so much better than we expected and now week two we've seen the narrative can very easily flip and week three we'll probably go back on on a few of these teams but speaking of week three why don't we jump into our week three picks we're making these picks again on monday night so we have not even had the the Monday night results from the Green Bay Packers at the Detroit Lions. What's that score looking like right now? What are we sitting at? 17-14 at the half for the Lions. Motor City Dan. Mike's Motor City Dan. Uh, you bet on... Joe, I'm telling you, you they're winning this you, game. You bet on him last week. And listen, they're looking pretty good. But speaking of last week, uh, our picks got better. They weren't, you know amazing i think la- they did uh, the week before i went eight and eight you went seven and nine this week we if my calculations are correct we both went 10 and five this week uh i'm sitting now at 18 and 13 and you're sitting at 17 and 14 i don't know if you did calculations did you get the same thing joe i will have to double check because i got nine and six but i bef- um i guess when we send out the uh the picks for this upcoming week, you'll see the updated numbers. I will double okay. check once okay. we are done with this podcast tonight. This is just tonight. unprofessional on my end. Sorry about that, guys. But let's move on Oh no! to the fine. week three picks. Thursday night, Carolina at Houston. Who you got in the Thursday night game? It looks like we're probably not going to see Tyrod Taylor. Joe, um, even if we saw Tyrod Taylor, I'm going with Carolina. Sam Darnold just looks like he is balling this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, Houston's been a frisky team, like we talked about. They've 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 been in in these games. They they won uh, in week one, nearly beat the Cleveland Browns in week two. But Tyrod Taylor, uh, he's been the spark plug for this team. He's been you know the the guy that's been lighting it up, and he's not going to be there uh, in week three. They've already confirmed that. So no Deshaun Watson either. They've also confirmed that. So I'm going to pick Carolina. Joe, 
Joe, does that mean Davis Mills is going to have the greatest season of all time? Because every time Tyrod goes out, the backup quarterback steps up and becomes a superstar. That's a fair point. I have not thought about that. We've seen Baker Mayfield. We've seen Justin Herbert. Is it Davis Mills season? Josh Allen. Is it David? Yeah, Josh Allen. How did I forget about Josh Allen? Davis Mills season, baby. Put put all your bets on Davis Mills. Uh, Is it Davis Mills? That's his name, right? Davis Mills? I think it's okay, David. I think, so. I think so. Let's let's pick him up in fantasy, but let's move on to the Sunday 1 p.m. games. We got Baltimore at Detroit. Are you are you going with Motor City Dan in this game? Are you going to back up your words here, Joe? This is I had the hardest time again <laughs> picking with this one, and you know I bet you when I said that last week, I there was probably memes all over the internet about it. Yeah. You know nobody trusted in Motor City. I didn't even trust in Motor City to start the season. But everyone is now realizing that Motor City Dan's for He's real. Perfect. And, you know, the Lions are winning right now, but I'm going to go with Baltimore. Oh, just the, the ultimate heel turn. I'm also going to go with the Ravens. I'd, I don't totally believe in Motor City Dan, although they are up right now as we're recording. But then on to the next game, the Atlanta Falcons at the New York Giants. And I am going to be totally honest. I don't give two cares who wins this game, Mike. I'm not going to lie, but I have to pick a winner. So I'm going to pick the Giants to beat the Falcons in week three. Joe, we're going to disagree here. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons for the sole purpose of them putting up 25 or 28 points against the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks defense. I don't, I just don't believe in the Giants yet. Saquon hasn't shown me anything. And uh, Daniel Jones, what even is Daniel even Jones? Is Daniel Jones? That's a very fair question. Uh, on to New Orleans at New England. This was one of the games I struggled quite a bit to pick um, just because these two teams, I can't really, I feel like I can't get a read on. New Orleans, what version of New Orleans are we getting? They've, they've been through so much with the hurricane going through there that we haven't even talked about. But uh, Jameis Winston um, can't see apparently now. So I'm going to go I'm gonna go with New England in this game. And I'm going to guess that you probably are in agreement with me there. Joe, you nailed it. I'm going to take Mac Jones. Uh, not going to say he's going to throw for 400 yards this time, but I think the Patriots are 385, winning. right, this week? 385? That's a good number. <laughs> That's a solid Very number. Very good. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Uh, AFC North matchup. Uh, give me Pittsburgh. I don't trust Joe Burrow and in the Cincinnati Bengals quite yet. After what was a disappointing week for them. You know, Joe, I'm gonna take Joe Burrow. If that all, if that O line can hold up, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow looked like a great co- or a great duo. And I'm taking the the Bengals again. I just don't think. I just, I just do not trust the Steelers this okay, year. I'm just saying, if T.J. Watt is healthy, T.J. Watt and Melvin Ingram versus that offensive line could be a scary situation for Joey Burrow but on to Indianapolis at Tennessee a big matchup of the two teams that are really expected to uh, compete for the number one spot in AFC South I'm going to take Tennessee Uh, I I really like what I saw in the second half with them if they can get Derrick Henry running get him rolling early uh, they could be in for a win but who you got in this game Indy at Tennessee Joe, I'm also taking Tennessee, like you said. With the second half they got going, I think that that's just going to lead to future success, and I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans. Very good. Washington at Buffalo. I'm back to not picking against Buffalo. Burned me last week, so I'm going to pick Buffalo in this game. Who you got in Washington versus Buffalo? Like you said, I believe in week one, give me Buffalo. I will take Josh Allen over that Washington football team, even though I'm really high on Tyler Heineke. uh, Heineke. Very good, very good. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. This should be a fun matchup here in the 1, one o'clock or 12 o'clock for you, Slate. Uh, I'm going to take Kansas City. I like Justin Herbert. I like what he's shown uh, not, not only last year, but even through two weeks this year. 
Uh, I thought he's I think he looks phenomenal, but uh, Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes, and the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. So I'm going to pick them to bounce back in Week Three. Who you got in this AFC West matchup? Well, Joe, like you said, Kansas City. I'm taking them all the way. They are at home in Arrowhead. I just um, I love what Justin Herbert's doing. I I think the Chargers need to do a little bit more on offense, get that offense rolling. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with Pat Mahomes. All right, and then on to Arizona at Jacksonville. Give me the Cardinals. I don't even need to really talk about this one that much. Joe, I agree 100%. I have not seen anything out of Trevor Lawrence besides interceptions, so we're going to go with Kyler Murray and the and the Arizona Cardinals. All right, and then on to Chicago at Cleveland. Justin Fields, could he potentially start in Ohio, go back to Ohio where he played his college ball, make his first NFL start? Uh, won't matter. I think Cleveland is the better team. I think they'll win this game. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no contest there. Um, I'm also going with Cleveland Browns. I'm hoping to see Odell Beckham back, but we'll just have to wait and see on that. But yeah, Browns are going to win this game. Yeah, my fantasy team could really use Odell coming back. But then the New York Jets at the Denver Broncos. We talked about the Broncos. They're looking really good. The Jets looking the exact opposite of good. So I'm going to go with the hot hand and the Denver Broncos. And Teddy, two gloves. Joe, you you got it. Um, as as much as I wanted to pick New York in this game, it was really hard for me. But I'm also going to take Teddy Two Gloves and go with the Broncos. All right, and then Minnesota at oh sorry Miami at Las Vegas. Uh, and honestly, the Dolphins need to earn the right for me to pick them again. I'm picking the Raiders. The Raiders have looked really good through two weeks. Uh, Miami. I don't know if Jacoby Brissett's starting. I don't know if Tua's starting. He's he's day to day. I just don't trust after what I saw in week two. I, I have to earn the I mean the Dolphins have to earn my trust again. So I'm picking the Raiders to win in week three. Joe, I've been to Vegas and I'm taking Las Vegas. Uh, Vegas is the city you know, you gotta live there. It's where it's at. Raiders Raider. are winning behind Derek Carr. Vegas, baby. Viva Las Vegas. Seattle at Minnesota. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Seattle. Minnesota had some had some good things going on in this game. I feel like it's always an entertaining game when the when the Seahawks and the Vikings play each other. So it should be a good one here. But I'm gonna pick Seattle to win uh, in Minnesota. Joe, you're gonna be blown away. I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings. Right. They showed me a lot on offense. Their defense needs to come around. But um, uh, with the way Seattle finished the game against the the, the Titans, I'm gonna go with uh, Minnesota. All right, and then on to the potential game of the week the tampa bay buccaneers at the los angeles rams really looking forward to this game uh this was a tough one to pick for me too uh but i'm picking the tampa bay buccaneers to win this game i just think we talked about they're so dominant i think they're just the most dominant team in the nfl they're going to be tough to stop they are stacked uh all over the field so give me the buccaneers in this game yeah, Joe, I couldn't agree more. Um, it's going to be a fun game to watch with the Rams defense going up against that powerhouse of an offense, but I'm also going to take Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Very good. And then on to the primetime games. We have Sunday night Green Bay at San Francisco. And this is a tough one to pick because Green Bay hasn't even played their Week 2 game all the way through, although they are losing as we speak right now. I don't know. I don't feel confident about this, but I, I'm just going to I'm gonna pick Green Bay to win this game. I don't know why. I don't know. And, and as I'm saying it, I'm feeling less confident, but I'm going to pick Green Bay to, to pull off the upset against the San Francisco 49ers. What are you thinking here? You know, Joe, this is also one of those games where you just think about Aaron Rodgers. Like, you really don't think about the teams. You're just like, you know, Aaron Rodgers has to win this game. It's the 49ers. So I'm going to take Green Bay. I don't feel confident at all, like you said, but we're just going to go with Green Very Bay. Very good. We're both 
unconfident picking the Packers. Then on to the final game from the week one site, Philadelphia at Dallas. Uh, the NFC East, these two teams really battling it out for that top of the NFC East. I'm going to pick the Dallas Cowboys, my Dallas Cowboys, my second favorite team uh, in the NFL. I'm going to pick them to win this key matchup in the NFC East. Who you got in this matchup, Mike? You know, Joe, I'm also going with the Dallas Cowboys, my wife's Dallas Your Cowboys. Um, I After what I saw out of the Eagles this week, I think the Cowboys are going to run all over them, and it's going to be a bit of a blowout. Okay, he's predicting a blowout. Okay. Uh, but that, I think with that, we're going to wrap up this show. It's been a good time, Mike. I don't know about you, but uh, I'm excited. We, you know, other than my team getting blown out 35 to nothing, there's been some extremely exciting games through two weeks it's been unpredictable it's been wild there's been crazy primetime games there's been crazy blowouts there's been crazy uh quarterback play it's just been an incredible two weeks in the nfl yeah joe i couldn't agree more um the nfl has been fun to watch this year through two weeks and i, I only see it getting better and you know i can't wait to talk again next monday um i, I really look forward to these podcasts it's been a lot of fun um, hearing back all the love and support from fans um, out here in Texas, it's just been it's just been incredible, and I can't wait to keep uh, motoring on, just like these uh, Detroit Lions are right Motor now. Motor City, baby, yes. For all the people that uh, listen to this, we really really appreciate it. Uh, make sure you guys uh, like or sub- I don't know subscribe. No, sorry, you can't like on pod. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Subscribe so you can get our, our, it downloads automatically. If you hit the subscribe button, it will literally download the podcast for you. It takes all the stress out of your hands. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or a good review wherever you listen to the show. Um, For Mike and for JT, the producer, uh, for myself, we're going to be signing off this week. It's been a fun two weeks. Looking forward to the remaining 15 weeks of the NFL season. But until then... We will catch you guys on the next one.